I don't know about you, but Christmas seems to start earlier every year. I don't know if you've noticed that. The shops begin playing carols in their stores and they put out Christmas decorations. And although they might not have a seasonal aisle, the reality is if you visit Tesco's or any supermarket, you'll see the decorations going out slowly. And then the turkeys appear in the freezer and you think, oh, Christmas must be coming. And yet we're just at the end of September or the beginning of October. For the Smith household, that's my household, Christmas has been known to start as early as January, if not before the end of the year. When the sales come in and Liz is able to go out and buy the Christmas cards and anything else that she decides to buy to get ahead of the curve. And uh, it just makes the whole of Christmas go on and on and on. (laughs) The reality is, however, no matter when you start your Christmas preparation, there is a telltale sign that will be a reminder to you that you need to speed up your preparations. And you may have already heard this. If you turn on the TV, you will see an advert and you will hear this. only just about hear that. It's the holidays are coming, the Coca-Cola advert, all right? One of the things about Christmas, however, that I hate most of all is buying Christmas presents, except for my wife. I really do. It's all right, guys, you can kill the sound now, all right? Um, but the, uh, it's, I hate buying Christmas presents all except for my wife. I love buying and spoiling her, but she spoils all the year round, so it doesn't... Um, <laughs> it's still a bit, maybe, you know, not the big surprise that things ought to be. But I don't know if your family's got one of these people in them, but my family's got one person, I'm not mentioning names, because if this is recorded and put out for distribution then that person might just hear it but there's this one person in my family who the moment they tear the paper off the present you know whether they like it or not (laughs) have you got one of those in your family I have and although they smile or should I say grimace Or sometimes you get a surprise and there is a genuine big glow because it's the right thing that you've bought. But I hate that. And every year, do you know, Christmas is two weeks away. Liz keeps on asking me, what are we going to get this person? And I say, I don't know. And we will just continue like that until desperation sets in and we have to buy something. So, but... It's the buying of gifts. Christmas is a story about giving of gifts. 
When you read the Christmas story as it's been read to us tonight, although the word gift in itself wasn't used except where the magi or the wise men, as they have been called, brought gold, frankincense and myrrh. The fact is, the story is littered with gifts. There's the gift of a son to Mary, the gift of love demonstrated by Joseph, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We didn't read this verse tonight, but it says, And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. There's the gift of humility, Jesus The King of Kings born in a feeding trough, as Pam read for us, or a manger, as many of us will know uh, from the carol, away in a manger. There's the gift of value given. When the angels turn up to the shepherds in fields and they announce to the shepherds first that this gift of Jesus has been given... And the shepherds were the lowest of the low in society, and yet they were the first, other than Mary and Joseph, to hear the news or to hear the news of his birth. There's the gift of joy. They said they were full of joy. The angels to the shepherds, and it said about the wise men, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And then there was those gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. The gift of protection. The wise men being warned to return a different way. And Joseph having a dream to leave the area and go down to Egypt for the safety of his son. Jesus himself was the gift that we celebrate at Christmas And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now the gifts that we give reflect the heart of the giver. The way in which they're given reflects the heart of the giver. So as we consider the Christmas story, which most of us will have heard many times, even if it was just as a child... What does the gift of Jesus reveal to us about God, the giver? Firstly, the motivation, which was love. John 3.16 and 17, or John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This verse on its own reveals to us the heart of the giver and that the giver was prompted because of his love, his overwhelming love. God did not just give Jesus because he thought it was a good idea or to appease his conscience for deciding to make humankind. The word love used here refers to a love given because of how much value God gives to humanity. It was not a secret love, but a love that was out there and demonstrated. It was like God putting out a neon sign saying, I love you. And I want us to remember that. 
Because in Christmas, it gets so easily lost. So many people think that Jesus, that, that, that God, if he exists at all, is just out there to point out and punish our failings. Yet the gift of his son Jesus was not given for this purpose. There was no hidden meanings. God simply wanted to see those he loved freed from those things that would destroy them and rob them of the life, both now and the eternal life he promised. When John 3.16, which you might see at a World Cup or another football event is held up, it is only part of the story because the next verse says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn or judge the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The words condemn or judge means to prefer one above another, to evaluate on the basis of correctness of something, to decide of right or wrong, condemn and judge us guilty. So what God is saying here is, that is not why Jesus came. He hasn't come to judge. He hasn't come to condemn. He hasn't come to prefer one above another or to evaluate how well you're doing in your life. It does say, however, he came to save. He came to rescue from danger, to heal, to make healthy, to deliver into divine salvation, to make you whole. So often the problem is that people see God as this tyrant whose only interest is to consign people to hell. When his whole heart was love, wanting to stop that happening. Jesus was a gift to us to make way for us to experience and be empowered to live a life or to live life as it should be and to extend to us the gift of eternal life that we would live with him forever. There is a thing, though, about gifts. There's the motivation of the giver, but then there is the reaction of the receiver. You may remember at the beginning, just a few moments ago, I mentioned buying gifts for those who, as they open the gift, show their true feelings on their face. It doesn't matter how much they try and hide those initial um, thoughts about what is in front of them. And I want to leave you with a question this evening. If God is motivated out of love and Jesus came to demonstrate that love which ultimately went all the way to the cross where he gave up his life so that you and I might be restored in relationship to the creator of the universe. 
my question is, what will you do with the gift that God is offering you? You see, Jesus is still the gift that keeps on giving, that keeps on being offered. And whether it's Christmas or Easter or any other time through the year, the reality is that gift is there all the time and it's held out to each and every one of us. And it is God's heart of love that we respond and take the gift and on opening the gift instead of grimacing at what is there. Our hearts melt with his, in a response, I suppose, to his love. God tells us that for the wages, the result of sin, sin is about missing the mark. And I don't think there is anybody in this room who wouldn't admit to have missed the mark in some way or other. The wages of sin is death the loss of life but the free gift of God is everlasting life everlasting doesn't just mean about goes on and on and on forever but means about a quality of life that can be had right now through being willing to accept the gift that Jesus was for us both Coming as a child, making himself totally vulnerable, God coming and putting himself at the mercy of his creation and then suffering and dying on a cross for us. Here is a gift that has been here all the time while we have been together tonight. It's a huge box. You can't always tell. You can't always tell the size of the present by the size of the box. The box might look huge. But if you were like me, what I do is I would buy a big box and then hide a small gift <laughs> at the bottom or layers of gifts. You know, starting with the, the rubbish and getting to the real nub of the matter. But here, we have a gift. It's been sat under the tree all night. And the tree itself is even can be symbolic because it says in Scripture that Christ died on a tree. Can I have your help, Jason, please? I'm just unwrapping it because it's going to fall apart. That's the top. All right. So if we just... And if you want to hang it up on the wall and move the guitar. It's in the shape of a cross. Putting a box together is very handy. But it sums... It sums up the gift, we hope. God, love. God is love and God loves. God loves you and he loves me. 
So how can we receive this gift of love? It says this in scripture, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith. Being willing to trust in the gift that has been given by God. It's by grace. You can earn and deserve it. Most of us would be happy if we could earn or earn our way to God. We could say, I've done this and I've, I've done this volunteering work and I've done this and given this to charity and I've done this and I've done this. So I'm not a bad person, you know, God. I'm not a bad person. So surely there's room for me. But it says in this passage, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, though that no one may boast. You see, God has always been interested in you. We don't deserve it. We do, however, need to accept it. Acceptance isn't about us bringing anything except ourselves. And acknowledging that we can earn this gift. All we can do is extend the bit of trust that we can put in the gift that God has given. And allow God to grow it in us. We decide that we will allow him to determine the direction of our life. And in doing so, he breathes new life into us. This challenges us. Because so often, we don't want to owe anybody anything. Why is that, do you think? I think it is because we feel in some way, if we owe somebody something, it can be called in at any time. And it removes our ability to be the masters of our own destiny. God loved you so much. I asked God, how much do you love me? And he said, this much. And he stretched out his arms and died. He did that for you. And he did that for me. This Christmas, the best gift of all isn't the piece of jewellery you'll get. It isn't the Christmas dinner you will eat. It isn't getting that thing that you have craved. But I will promise you this. If you will come to God the Father through Jesus by putting your faith and trust in him you will find the gift of new life that will be beyond measure let's pray I'm going to just pray and just ask God that he will make himself this Christmas really real to us in a fresh and new way. But I do want to say to you, 
You know, I'm not going to embarrass anybody or ask you to do anything stupid or anything like that. But over coffee and mince pies, if you want to chat, just grab me, grab Jason. We'll be more than willing to sit or stand as it will probably be next door because all the seats are in here. But we will chat with you, you know. Or if you want to make an appointment or ring up, you know, and chat at a different time, that's fine. But I want you right now, just for a moment, to consider opening your mind and your heart to the possibility of this gift of love that God gave in the person of Jesus. Father, we just... We want to thank you for your love and your grace. We want to thank you for your forgiveness, your mercy. We want to thank you, Lord, that you never let us go. You pursue us always, right until the end, wanting us to come and just, not just think about things, but to open the box and take on the gift of love that you have given to us. And so, Father, this Christmas, I want to ask, in the midst of all the tinsel and the wrapping paper and the presents we receive and being with family and laughter and games and all those things that we will participate in, I ask you to make yourself known to each and every one of us afresh. For those who have never known you before, Lord, I pray you will pursue them until they turn, stop moving away from you and turn and receive. I want to thank you for your love. I really do. I want to thank you for changing my life. And Lord God, I pray more than anything else that you will be with us this Christmas. Amen.